You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. Father, we thank you this morning for the word. We thank you for the series that we are opening and we need your help. To guide us and teach us and show us all these things that we need to learn throughout this. So we dedicate this time to you. I thank you for everyone here. We bless everyone, open our ears to receive, and our minds to be alert. Keep us focused today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Okay. Look at this. So a few months ago, I'm talking six or eight months ago, I had, you know, I was really thinking about this series, so it's, you know, I've been working on it, I'm sorry for that, for a while, and um, let's just, let's just go into it, let's, go, let's open your Bibles to Mark 12, 28 to 31, I don't want to talk a lot on the front end, but talk a lot anyway, but I want to start, this, was, this is going to be our foundation scripture, well one of them, we have a few foundation scriptures for the series, but we're going to address something that I don't think has been addressed, at least I've never heard a series on it, you know, I've been listening to the word for 30 years, and I've really never heard, like, a, 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 you know, I've heard the theme, it's been addressed, but it's never been like, this is a specific theme. So, the series that we're opening, if, if you saw the you know, Facebook, it's, um, it's called Brain Break, and it has to do, I want to address in the next few weeks, and I'm thinking probably six weeks at least, because it's going to be good, and, and I hope you come back, because this is the subject that we're going to deal with. We're going to deal with how does the, the, the subject of mental health and spirituality blend, and how does it work? Because we can't ignore the fact that there is a mental health crisis. Amen. Maybe you're not, but they say two out of three people have mental health issues, so you're probably sitting next to one of them, so be careful. All right? But, you know, we, we've seen it, you know, and you see that there, that there is an issue. And it seems like the church kind of had, I don't want to get on myself, the church kind of just put it like, we'll, we'll pray about it, you know, and they never really addressed it. And that's really the goal that I have in these next few weeks. So if your life, if you know somebody that has struggled with this, or you have struggled with this in different times, like I know I have, in different situations as I share, you know, in the series, but, you know, we have to understand how that combines. Because you can't just say, well, it's all spiritual, and then ignore the medical part of it, the scientific part of it. And you can't just say, well, it's all just science, and, and ignore the spiritual part of it. And the thing is, it's interesting, is that God addressed it all over the Bible, and there's many, many, many examples of people struggling and how God navigated. One of my favorite ones is, is the story of Elijah, and we'll get to that at some point in this series. But anyhow, let's start with this one. So Mark 12, 28, you know, King James Bible. Jesus is going to, you know, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to catch him always. They're trying to catch him in breaking the law. And I'm not talking speeding ticket. I'm talking the Mosaic law. And that one of the scribes, having heard them, responding together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the, love the, the Lord your God is the Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. 
And then Jesus summarizes every other commandment in those two. You know, he brings it and he says, and the second commandment is like, namely this. You will love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no other command greater than these. Now, that is a powerful, powerful thing. and We've taught it many times, you know, the, the power of the love commandment and how important the love commandment is. But what I want you guys, you, you know, Jesus summarized really the, the Ten Commandments in two. You say, well, what happened to the other eight? Well, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to commit adultery. Hello, you're not going to steal, you're not going to lie, you're not going to covet, so forth and so on. So love takes care of a lot of them. But he makes this one little statement. This is where I'm going to build a series off. He says, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And then what, what is the second commandment? It's one commandment. It's not three commandments. It says, love your neighbor. Neighbor just means the person next to you at any given time. It's not the person next to the, across the fence, all right? It's just whoever's next to you at any given time in your life, that's your neighbor. So you have to be walking in this love and release, or however you want to call it. But then the key for this series is the next one. As you love yourself. Well, Christianity, you know, there's this, and it's true, Christianity, you know, is about sacrifice, just like parenting is about sacrifice. You know, you don't walk into Christianity and say, well, I'm done, you know, because it demands something. You like it or not, it demands. It demands your time. You're here this morning. God bless you. You could be in bed or doing something else, but you chose to be in church or you chose to be online, you know, whichever way you wanted to do it. But it demands, and, and it has the idea of sacrifice. So when you come to God, you know, it's not, you know, yes, he saved our soul, but he expects, you know, how, how we process. And really the only thing that God is asking us is not to beat ourselves down or, you know, give everything or even volunteer. All that comes secondary. Giving comes secondary. Tithing comes secondary. Coming to church. What he expects us is to love God, devotion to him. And then as we, as we develop that devotion to him, we find compassion for the person next to us. I know, come on, there's a lot of people that are very unlovable, right? But God's love somehow transfers into your life where you can love the person next to you. But here's the one that we're going to build a whole series on. What happens about this idea of loving yourself? Because that seems such an egotistical thing, and, and the church says, well, no, we know, because it's about sacrifice. Jesus is first, yes, but Jesus made it very clear. He said, this is the commandment that's going to hold the whole thing together. You love God, you love one another, and you love yourself. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't take that one out. And to me, it's amazing, you know, how this idea of loving yourself, it's almost, you know, some people, some cringe, because, no, no, you know, Christianity's about sacrifice, and we got to, yes, but here's the thing. If you are not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of a whole lot of people. Hello? And I think the idea that God put in there, since God says, I love you, but I want you to love you. Parents, think about this. Think about all the advice you give to your kids throughout their lifetime. I'm talking, it never stops me. My kids are in their 30s. I'm still, you know, I'm still dishing out advice, and they're still ignoring it. So it's cool. You know, we're, we're, we're good. We have that agreement. But, you know, you never, you never get tired of trying to make a path for somebody, right? To say, hey, this is that's not a good decision. This is a good decision, bad decision, so forth. So as a parent, you know, you're always giving advice, or how about what they eat? You don't want, you know, when they're eating too much junk food, you're like, hey, back it up. Right? Or if they're staying up too much watching TV or, or on the, their telephone or whatever, you know, you as a parent are trying to set some guidelines to protect that child, you know, and, and love him, and you give advice. Here's what's interesting about that. We don't do that to ourselves. We're really good about, hey, you need to watch what you eat. 
you're, you know, you're really good about you should control your temper. You're really good about, all these, about this advice. But we never really spend time reflecting it back to us. Are you here this morning? Because that's what's calling loving yourself. Do you take care of yourself like you take care of your child? Don't answer it. Just think about it. Are you, are you aware of your health and your needs and your emotional needs and whatever needs you have? Are you aware at that heightened you know, awareness point, that's a lot of words there, in the same way you would be aware of a baby? Probably not. Because, you know, you're focused on make sure the baby's good. And make sure. But what happens if we were to kind of like, you know, stop, pause it, and look at ourselves like a different person and say, sit, us, sit ourselves down, imagine that, and say, I'm going to give you some advice. Because you're making a lot of bad choices about endless stuff. And I think that's really the key because, you know, we kind of say, okay, I'm going to love God with all my heart, I'm going to love my neighbor. But how much time do we really spend loving ourselves? Taking care of ourselves like if they were a child. Taking care of ourselves with the same intensity that you would take care of somebody that you love very much. Are you still here this morning? You know, and, and I just want to share a few things, you know, in, in my own life, and this is where I have a lot, you know, I grew up, you know, within our own family, we had, you know, not, not me, but there was a situation, one of our family members that was very serious, you know, very serious diagnostic regarding mental health. And growing up, nobody really understood it. It wasn't diagnosed till later on, and then we kind of understood it. So I, I was aware of these things and the struggles and, and some of the struggles that my dad had and so forth. And then, you know... In my own life, you know, and again, I just, I'm the one that's got the microphone and you're the one that got the ear, so I'm not sure if you're this brave. But, you know, Christians are really, really good about trying to say that you got it all together and trying to put the mask on and trying to show the whole world that, you know, we got this thing down. And the fact is that we don't. Thank you. I finally got a reaction from the honest Christians. The other ones, I don't know who you're talking to because I got it all together. Well, I've gone through my seasons, you know fighting the different things, fighting emotional things, fighting depressions, fighting all these things, and had to navigate through those things. Amen? So I've learned a few things, and, and I want to share. So I've, you know, I've, I've in my, from a personal perspective, and I'm still dealing with some things. You know, I'm still struggling with some things and trying to manage these things and emotional issues and so forth. But it all comes down to this thing. You know, it all comes down to, to are you taking care of yourself? Because one of the, the keys that, that's amazing to me is that, you know, the mental... The mental health issue, like for example, you know, let's just kind of hit it right now. You know, if any of you broke your arm, let's just be honest with you. How many of you would believe God for a healing and not go to the doctor? I mean, God can heal broken arms, but let's just be completely brutally honest with all you hyper-faith Christians. If I broke my arm, I'm going to the doctor. And on the way, I'm going to believe God can heal it. Got me? I'm not going to sit there with... Well, the guy's going to fix this at some point. I have the arm dangling louder, you know. Wish I could run my back hole, but, you know, my arm's just waiting for a heel in here. No, that's ridiculous. Because you have the, and that's where that spiritual incombination comes. So we say, no, you know, come on. Most of us take our kids to the doctor, you know. We pray for them. Isn't that the normal thing? I'm sick. Pray for them. I'm still sick. Let's go to the doctor. Nothing wrong with that. That's what people do. That's a system. And, and I believe that's a system God designed. You know, he, all the wisdom came from God. So... Why, when we talk about, you know, if we talk about physical health, most Christians don't have any problem, and you shouldn't, to go see a medical doctor. Because, you know, you broke your arm, or you got an infection, or what have you. But when somebody addresses the idea of mental health, whoa, for whatever reason, it doesn't fall in the same category. 
Now we kind of say, well, no, you know, we really, you know, I'll go to see a doctor for bones and stomach and everything, but I won't seek help for mental. Well, isn't your brain part of your body? Amen? And, and except that the problem with the brain, it's different, right? Because it's not, you know, oh, my brain hurts. It's called a headache, yeah, whatever. But it's different because we're dealing with other things. But you still need that. And, in, and I'm still on the introduction, so this idea of, well, you know, I'll go to the doctor for everything except this, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Because here's the bottom line. If you can handle it, you can handle it. And we should handle it. But there's a point in your life where you say, I need help. And, you, and, and you've got to pray this thing out because a lot of believers sit on this thing. Like I said, they'll go to the doctor for every other reason, but they will not address this one. And we're going to, you know, I'm kind of a little ahead of myself. So we're going to kind of unfold all this in the next few weeks. So what is, the, what is my goal? Let me, let me just, you know, well, I mean, I've got some other notes. So going back to the church, you know, going back to what I perceive as a pastor. And when I talk church, I'm not talking mine, ours. I'm talking the global church. You know, we create a lot of programs. We create a lot of things to, to do for this, right? You know, we've got children's program, youth program. All these things are wonderful missions programs. But... We fail to address, and we work our leaders, and we, and, you know, thank God for our leaders. You know, 100% volunteer staff is pretty hard to, to create to begin with, but to have you guys is amazing. But one of the places that the church has failed, and I don't want to be victim of that. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to be not victim. Guilty of that is to make sure that we address these ideas. Because I've seen it. We call it burnout. We call it whatever. But if you don't take care of yourself, you are not going to, function in any environment. I don't care if it's a church environment. I don't care if it's a work environment. Your mind and the way you process things and the way you control your emotions and all these things are vital for your health. And the church, think about it. Think about how many messages you've heard about this. So you're like, this is probably the first one. Okay. But have you ever heard of it in a leadership? Have you heard it, it you know, instituted into a structure of leadership? Not, I've never heard of it. But I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary not just tell people, what are you going to do? Are you going to play music? No. Sometimes we have the conversations that we really have to have is, how are you doing? Well, I'm ready to, no, no, I didn't ask you if you're ready to serve in church. I'm asking, how are you doing? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing emotionally? Because we need to address these things, you know. Like I said, we are, if you don't think we're in a crisis, again, this is a little, little rabbit trail I'll take, but if you just look at the stuff that's out there, and again, I know it's easy to laugh at it, but beyond the ridiculous funny it is, it is very tragic and sad. So I, I have trouble not saying it and creating you a laugh because you might laugh and it's okay to laugh but, it, but beyond the laugh it is a pretty serious thing when you see all these kids now that think they're cats and they're dogs and the, and the schools are modifying are you listening to me? now that doesn't hit us here yet <laughs> yet you guys ready? HH for tending to dogs and cats and, and, the, and the schools are adapting we have a mental health crisis. You know, that's the bottom line. When, when a person thinks they're an animal, you know, you just can't just say, okay, you're an animal. The whole idea of all these genders. Come on, guys. Let's just be honest. There's only two. Everything else is in your head. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I got a doctor sitting on the front row, and he hasn't told me that there's scientific evidence yet to prove that any of this stuff, that you're born that way. Right, sir? Is it there yet? No, it hasn't there. They can't prove how this happens, but it happens right here. Are you still with me? So all these things, you know, you just look at the world. Look at America. Look at situation. It's gone insane. You know, when you got little kids and you think it's appropriate to take them to a drag show, 
Are we missing something here? Is it just that we're hyper-Christians and we are not connected to the world? Or is this like really stupid? Is this like a really bad idea? If you were a complete atheist, would this still be a really bad idea to take a six-year-old to a drag festival? I think it's still a bad idea. Regardless of what you believe in. But the problem is, the reason it's accepted is because nobody or people are afraid to accept that there's a mental health crisis. For whatever reason. We don't know the reasons, but it's there. And the thing is, the one person, you know, if the world wants to ignore it, that's fine. But the ones that we can't ignore it is the church. The church should not ignore it. Because too many people fall between, you know, the gaps with this idea. All right? So, let me tell you what our goal is. So, I'm I'm still on an introduction. If it takes me the whole service, y'all just come back. Because we're going to break these down. So, the goal is to learn how our spirit and our natural person manage our life. And just some quick points. is understand mental health and the concept of Christian faith. Understand meditation and mindfulness from a Christian perspective. Understanding neuroplasticity and how to create new thought patterns and behavior patterns. Those are the three goals for this series. And here's another thing. You know, you cannot... Well, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Well, give me the next slide, RJ. Let, let's, let's look at this first, and then I'll, then I'll break down, talk a little bit about, about So those are the goals of this series. So I encourage you, come to church or, or watch it online, but don't miss it, because throughout every week we're going to build, and I say that's going to take me a little while to build an introduction, but we're going to get there. So 1 Thessalonians 5.23, let's get into the Bible now and start building on this. This is one of those key scriptures. It's, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through May your whole spirit, pay attention now to this, because this is where Paul defines this idea that we are a triune being. Our whole spirit, our soul, and body became blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it, for Thessalonians 5.23. You see, we have to, before we, we pursue anything else, let's, let's, and most of you already know this, but I'm just going to go out for those that are newer to the church, or maybe somebody watching online that this is new to you. You have to understand who, who you, how you are before you can address anything. So biblically speaking, you're a triune being. The word triune just simply means three parts. You know, when you talk about the Trinity, you know, the word Trinity is not really in the Bible, but we understand God the Father, you can quote it with me, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So you see that, you know, God is, is, is one being in three, in three ways. I don't want to say three per- persons because it's really one person, three, three um, expressions of him, Jesus, Holy Ghost, Yahweh, okay? So we are three-part being. We have a spirit, and I'll explain those in a moment. We have a soul, and we live in a body. So your body, let me put it this way, flesh, soul, spirit. You know, your soul sits around your brain. I don't know where it lives, but it has to live around close to your brain because that's where all the information comes. That the soul and the spirit of man are not the same thing. So give me the next one. I'll show you kind of very briefly because I don't want to spend a lot of time. This is the, the quickest way I can preach this in about two minutes. So the spirit is the life breath. And if you study the word yod head, vod head, which are the, Greek, the Hebrew words yod, for, you know, yod head, vod head, we translate those Greek words into Jehovah. Okay, that's how we got it. But yod head, Vod head, what's really cool about that word, it is a, it's, it's the sound of breath. So yod head, vod head, is, it's actually the sound of breathing in and breathing out. It's, that's yod head. That means God. That means spirit. Isn't that cool? That's exactly what's cool. So when you see those words, remember, God is breath. 
God is spirit. God creates Adam, according to the Genesis, he, he makes him out of dirt and water, mud, and he picks up this mud being, and he goes, and he becomes a speaking, pay attention, because this, this is what the word means, speaking spirit. Before Adam was anything, he was a spirit. It was a piece of mud, God went, and the spirit, the breath of God, breathe the life into human. So everyone on the planet, even the God-haters and the atheists and the ones that could care less, everyone has a spirit. You cannot live without a spirit. You cannot function. Again, medical science has yet to determine why you can have a perfectly healthy body. I'm talking 100%, no sickness, no disease, nothing, every organ complete, everything complete, and that person is dead, and they can't put it back alive. And everything in that body says this thing should work. Because what makes it alive is the spirit. Amen? That's what makes it alive. When a person dies, their spirit goes back. Amen? So we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about spirit, but spirit, you know, spirit is what fuels us. So when you don't have God, and I've, I've explained this many times, it's just as simply as an, as a, as an unplugged piece of equipment. You know, you, you, you function, you live, you know, you do, you go to work, you have a job, whatever, raise a family, do the best you can. But really your life is like turned off. There's, you know, you're just living day to day. There's really no energy for anything. Nothing, you know, there's really no dreams and purposes and hopes and stuff. And if they are, they're very vague and very shallow. Because your spirit is what fuels life. Are you with me now? So before, you know, talk about Christianity, you say, Jesus, come into my life. So your spirit's already there. So the only thing that now comes in, if God just unplugged you from a pointless death life, is okay, good, I like this. He put you right back into that socket, and now you have the, the life of God. Now you have the ability to think different, talk different, a lot of different things mold your character, but it's coming through spirit. So spirit is the life and breath. Your life source, everyone has a spirit. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. The soul is the seat of our emotions and intellect and will and is a part of us that can have a personal relationship with God. So the only part that really can have a personal relationship with God is your soul. Think about that. You can't really hug Jesus because we can't see him. You can't go, oh, Jesus, I love you. But your soul, pay attention to this. So the soul is the seat. And in that seat, there's things that sit. It sits your, another three. You guys ready for the other three? So you've got spirit, soul, body. But now the soul is made up of three. Your mind, the person you talk to all day, your will, whatever caused you to come to church today, your will, I will, fill in the blank, and the emotional person. That's what makes up the soul of a man. So you've got your mind, your will, and your emotions. And each of those needs to be addressed, you know, if, once you start talking about mental health and these things. So, so this is kind of the introduction. So we are going to hit primarily that idea. So now, let me give you some definitions. This is a, this, I came up with this one. It took me a while, because, you know, I could just go to Webster's. But I was trying to combine a definition. So what, what, when we talk about mental health, what are we talking about? Let me give you this kind of a long definition. It's not just, you know, I was just trying to word it where everyone could connect. So mental health is the state of well-being in which an individual can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. That would define somebody that's mentally 
healthy. Mental health is not just the absence of mental illness, but it's a positive state that allows an individual to think, feel, and behave in the ways that promote overall well-being. It encompasses not only psychological, but also social and emotional well-being. And the last one, it includes the ability to manage one's emotions, thoughts, and behaviors, and to form healthy relationships with others. It also involves being able to adapt to change and to bounce back from adversity. Now, I know that's a lot in there, but that, to me, that's what a healthy person does. A healthy person faces challenges, faces pressures, because guess what? We're all under pressure. We're all going to face challenges. We're all going to face endless, you know, you know, kind of information that comes that is not positive. But how you process that is the difference between being healthy mentally and not being healthy mentally. So what are some of these causes? And again, I'm, I'm, I spent a lot of time building this, so you all just go with me. So, and we're going to get to the ones that we're going to work, because a lot, some of mental health issues, and this is where I'm going, you know, yes, I believe God can heal everything, but as we walk down the process of how to do it, the ones that I'm going to address are specifically the ones that have been proven, again, way ahead of my notes, but they've proven that they can be healed without any, any medicine. That's what, that's what we're working on. So we'll address, and they're the most common ones. They're the ones, the ones you're going to need help with, Okay. So anyhow, so what are mental health causes? Biological factors, genetic predisposition, brain chemistry, life experiences, trauma, abuse, neglect, and major life changes or events. Environmental factors, living in poverty, experiencing discrimination, exposure to violence, and other adverse childhood experiences. These are all contribute to me mental illness. Substance abuse, the use of drugs or alcohol can both contribute to the development of mental health problems, and it can just make things, you know, exacerbate and make them worse. Medical conditions, such as illness, can increase the risk, socioeconomic and cultural factors, socioeconomic status, culture, background, and surrounding environments. The reason I'm listening, this is just out of, this is, this is out of books, okay? My point is, every area of life. <laughs> That's what was interesting about this. It's like, okay, so these are all the places that, that can cause mental health. Well, just, you know, if you read them, how many of you could probably check off about 10 of those and say, yep, yep, mm, yep, childhood trauma, got that one. You know, abandonment. You know, we could just find, so, so there's a lot of, if I could put it, environmental factors, meaning exterior circumstances, that will affect how you process your emotions and your thinking and so forth. So, you know, once we break them down into names, you've got anxiety disorders, and again, panic disorders, social anxiety, mood disorders. I'm just going through some of these schizophrenia, eating disorders, anorexia, post, you know, PTSD. ADHD, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, all these things, you know, person, uh, personality disorders include borderline personality disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, antisocial personality disorders, and we could go on and on and on. They're, they're just a list. So as you can tell, this is something that is very, very, I'm not going to say big, you know, big in the idea that you cannot ignore this. Are you here this morning? You guys are so quiet. Maybe it was the wrong message for y'all. Like, I don't need this, Pastor. All right. I guess I needed them. I want to read you something. I didn't put it on there because this is such... What I'm going to read you is absolutely trash. That it comes from... Listen to this. The National Library of Medicine. They sound important, all right? And the National Center for Biotechnology Information. This is what they wrote. Christians believe that mental illness results from immorality, sinfulness, and that mental illness have spiritual causes, treatment, both predicted preference for, for giving spiritual social support. 
Evangelical Christians endorse more beliefs that mental illness have spiritual causes treatment than mainline Protestants and Roman Catholic Christians, and they endorse more preference for giving spiritual and social support. Listen, I don't believe any of that. Do you believe that? Listen, the Christians believe that mental illness results from immorality and sinfulness. I don't believe that. But according to this organization, all Christians, we believe that. I thought that was funny because actually there is part of the church that it does believe it. And the problem is that they get all the headlines. Well, let me stand for what Faithway's position is. I don't believe it. That's what I'm saying. This is my disclaimer. That's what they believe we believe? No, I believe God heals everything, but I also believe God places the ways to heal it. And to me, it's very simple. When I'm sick, I go to God, Lord, heal me. And after a short period, it's not manifesting. All right, make an appointment. I'm not going to get under condemnation. I'm not going to beat myself up. I just got to do what I got to do. So when you talk about mental health, remember that. So we don't believe that. All right, that's not what we believe. And it's not the position of Faithway, or it's not Faithway doctrine. So, now, some points to consider. Just like you get professional diagnostic of any illness, this is, this is my disclaimer, and then we're going to get into some more meat. You should get a diagnostic of mental illness. If this thing is beyond your control, you should go see a specialist. You should go see a therapist. You should go see whoever you need to go see. Don't try to play it out like I'm just having a bad day. Are you here? You've got to be careful with this because these are things that have to be addressed. And due to the complexity of mental health and some of its disorders, I've already mentioned this, but I'll mention it, is we will only address some of those that have been shown that through holistic and spiritual paths have success and can be treated without prescription medicine. Okay with that? Some of you, at the end of this series, are going to finally be happy for one. You should be excited about it. Because I'm not going to put my position as a pastor. First of all, it's a legal position that I'm not going to put myself in. And if you have a situation that cannot be addressed with holistic measures, and I'm not just talking spiritual stuff. There's a lot of stuff, you know, that you can talk about. Then you need to see a doctor. All right? You guys okay with that? I have to do that because if not, some of y'all go off the deep end and blame it on me now. Well, you guys are already off the deep end, some of y'all. All All right, let's get into some of the word. There we go. Colossians 3.12. Let's get some scripture that supports everything we're going to be talking about the next few weeks. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Question, where do those things come from? A mental mind. That's where they come from. Somebody that's healthy, somebody has the right foundations within their moral structure and their love for God, this becomes pretty easy. But if you notice, every one of those things that Paul mentions have to do with your mind. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and so forth. Proverbs 14.29 says, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Well, that slaps me in the face because I've had to deal with anger my whole life. You're like, Pastor, you're so nice behind the pulpit. Yeah, that's behind the pulpit. Y'all don't know me yet. Pray for me. Um, so anger is mentioned in the Bible as something you've got to deal with. So that would fall under emotional intelligence, wouldn't it? Proverbs 17, 27 says, He who restrains his word has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you've got a cool spirit. 
is a man of understanding. Once again, the Bible addresses about peace of mind and, and being cool on these things. You want another one? Proverbs 12, 25. I like this one. I mean, I, this is like straight up. This is out of a psychology book. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. That's before they invented this, and God already had figured that out, didn't he? Because <laughs> anxiety and depression go hand in hand. If you study it from the medical angle, they go hand in hand. Well, the Bible already brought that up. Isn't that cool? But a good word makes it glad. So that one, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Psalm 42.11 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? The psalmist is talking to his soul, talking to his mind, his will, his emotions. That's interesting, right? Sometimes you need to talk to yourself in that context. But a good, I'm sorry, why is so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, I will yet praise my Savior, my God. Let me give you a couple, one more. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, and out of the mire. Now, we read that, and we think some guy is just in the mud hole, and God just, no, he's talking about a dark place in your life. And if you look at the book of Psalms, <laughs> this is a kind of dumb, funny story. So, when I first got born again, years ago, um... I had a lot of religion. I got born again with a kind of a Pentecostal perspective, and I came with my Baptist perspective. So one of the things was, like, all the world music is the devil's music, pretty much. Well, I've always liked blues, you know, and blues is a style of music. It's a genre <laughs> of music. That's all it is. And a pastor says, you should never play the blues because blues are sad songs. That's why blues is not good. I'm thinking, you feel weak, and it affects your immune system. So people listen to me. When we want a healthy lifestyle, yes, we can talk about how God heals every single part of our body, but we've got to start with a control center. We've got to start with a control. We've got to have a healthy mind. And when things come, we've got to be able to process them and have the information, spiritually speaking and naturally speaking. Amen. Y'all still with me? So what are the benefits when we seek, you know, spiritually? Well, there's some of those ones. Well, most of you know that. I'm just kind of combining every one of these angles. When you're seeking spiritually, you have, first of all, thank God you're here, because this is not just for mental health. This is for everything. Spiritually seeking people have a sense of purpose. It gives you purpose, you know. You come to church, you're like, well, my life is, you know, this, this, but, hey, my church is doing something in Cuba. You know, it gives you that significance, like, wow, you know, there's something bigger than me. So, so spirituality, is, it gives you meaning of life. It helps in dealing with difficult situations, circumstances. It's a source of comfort and support during times of stress and crisis, and it can provide individuals with a sense of connection or something greater than themselves. And number three, it provides them with a sense of inner peace and well-being, which can be beneficial for the overall mental and physical health. So we need, once again, both of these. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians, and, I'm, and I got a couple more, and then we're going to just build a little bit off of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Just go there with me, and then um, I'm going to give you a little more information of why this is important. Well, you already heard that, but on, on how to begin to enter in. Because you don't have to wait, you know, till next week to do any of this. You can start today, and this is where I'm going with this, on, on how to, to do this. So 2 Corinthians, I'm just trying to get my Amplified Bible open. Give me a second. 1, verses 3 and 4. Okay, 
So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3, and 4, it says, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. Now pay attention to this next line. Who comforts us all in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That whole verse is about kind of what we're talking about. It's about really... I'm dealing with life, but at the same time, I have a responsibility to, to, you know, find the direction. I'm trying to get the right words. Find the direction in my life to, to settle me down, but not eliminating the fact that I'm still responsible to comfort you. Because that's really the thing. So a lot of people say, how can I help somebody if my life is so upside down? Guys, if you knew how many times my life was upside down when I took this pulpit, you'd probably leave the church. Because if my life has to be not upside down for you to receive a word, we're all messed up because everyone's life is a little off. <laughs> so, praise be to God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. If you're taking notes, I want you to start taking these notes. Go back to that very first scripture I used. How do you love yourself? We're gonna get, I gave you guys a 40-minute introduction. But how do you love yourself? Number one, have compassion over yourself. Look at yourself like an exterior person and see how hard you are on yourself. Cut yourself some slack. It's a big one. Forgive yourself. So, you guys remember the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us as we forgive our debtors or those that trespass against us. Have you forgiven yourself? I mean, this is a very... Pastor, I, I still want more of the introduction. You're getting way... You went from this to, like, right to my heart. Okay, well, we're here. Because, you know, by next week, we're going to start knocking some of these things out. But how can we move in if we haven't even forgiven ourselves? You know, it, it, would, it would be good for you to, you know... Well, let's go, back, let's go back to the third person. When your child... Don't raise your hand. Has your child ever lied to you? Has your child ever done anything that was just, uh, kicked you in the gut? Okay, yes or no? Either one. Were you able to absolutely, completely forgive them? Yes? Well, I don't know about you, I was. Some of you are like, uh, I don't know, to nod or to shake my head. What I'm saying is the love of a parent has the capacity to forgive a child without the child doing anything to earn the forgiveness. Follow the, follow the thought. You know, I'm talking to, you know, maybe a little kid, maybe, I'm not talking a grown kid, you know, maybe one that knows better. I'm talking, you know, maybe a little kid just does something that irritates you, irritates you, and irritates you all the time. But you love that child so much, you just keep forgiving. And you kind of like God, at least, I'm, not, I'm talking about the way I think. I don't know how you think. Maybe you're not like that. Hopefully you are. But God says, I will remember your sins no more. When you go to God and say, Lord, oh, I messed up last Tuesday. He's okay, forgiven. Then you go next week and say, Lord, you know, January 11th, that was a Tuesday. I messed up. He said, I don't remember. What are you talking about? You remember, Lord, I really I kicked my dog. <laughs> I don't remember. Because God chose, God chose to not remember your sins. Why? Because the remembrance causes pain. It's amazing how the mind will take you to, a, a, the mind is so powerful. And that's why it has to be controlled because it's a beast. The mind will take you from having a perfectly 
day, perfect normal day with non-issues. I mean, have, please, come on. Just somebody, if it happened to you, if not, I'm just really weird then. I'll be having a perfectly normal day. All the bills are paid. Kids are behaving. Wife's behaving. Everybody's behaving. I'm behaving. You know, there's a little bit of money in the bank. Cowboys are winning. Everything's good. And somewhere in there, you have a sense of something bad coming. Buddy, there's no reason. No news, nothing. I mean, yeah, somebody gives you news, you got a reason. But no, everything is just there. And all of a sudden, you got this, you got this guilty feeling. I'm going to give you, actually, I'm writing a book. Hopefully, I can publish it someday. I've gotten quite a bit done. The title of the book is, How, Why Do I Feel Guilty? Not feeling guilty. You feel guilty because should I feel guilty about something? Come on, anybody? Everything's fine in your life, but something in you said, "No, no, no, come on, dude. You can't be feeling this good." Uh-uh, mm-mm. There's something you got to be guilty about, or there's something you said, and then your mind will go, "You're having a good day, but you remember ten years ago, Lauro? And you're sitting there, and you'll go back to ten years, and you'll pull that little information, and you will relive it." And you will feel the pain, and you will feel the anxiety, and it will bring you to tears, just like it did 10 years ago. True or false? That's the power of your mind. That is how powerful your head is. You can look at a photograph. I love photography. That's one of the beautiful things of photography. That's one of my, you know, one of my hobbies. Is that a picture, more than anything, will take you back to a, to a memory and will make you relive it. And hopefully you take good pictures, right? <laughs> you take that picture, they go, oh, bad memory. But your mind will, will go to the future, will go to the past, will go all these places and, and create a movie that is so real that you'll weep or you'll get angry or you'll get frustrated. And that, is, and that is really kind of where we're going. And here's the thing. One of the reasons your mind has that freedom is because you have not forgiven yourself on a lot of things. So your mind has the ability to say, oh yeah, I'm going to beat you up today. Because 10 years ago, you said this, and five years ago, and yesterday, and last week, and then, and you went from having a perfectly good day to getting in your bed, rolling up, and just crying yourself to sleep. And it was only noon, so go figure. No, this is real. This, these struggles are real. But here, this, this, this verse just has so much in it, because he says, he's talking about this compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort those in any trouble. And I want to just, you know, play with it a little bit. Don't, I'm not changing scriptures. I'm just trying to make a point. If you could see your mind, your thinking person, as a separate person from you, and I've, been, I've said that more than once today, that would be that one. Comfort those that are in trouble. You know, your mind, for whatever reason, and I don't think science really has a... I've read quite a bit about it, but nobody has given me a clear... I'm talking psychologists. I'm not talking spiritual people. Why the mind leans into negativity. That's just like a thing. That's not just a Christian thing. That's a life thing. Why does bad news sell? You ever notice that nobody has like good news? Now there's a lot of good news in this country. It's just that it doesn't, nobody cares. But if there's a tragedy or a crisis or an earthquake, bad news. Let's watch it. Because human nature, and I'm just going to go out on a limb and say without the spirit of God connected has only one tendency. It, it, can't, it can't go into positivity because there's nothing positive about death. 
And without the Spirit of God, your spirit will always be communicating to your spirit, yeah, you're not going to heaven. <laughs> so there's, even though you're not aware of it, you have this, this negativity. So negativity always draws. Well, the thing is, in Christianity, that's not a good thing. Because negative people can only produce negative, if I can use a weird word, negative vibes. You ever been around those people? You don't even know them. And there's just something about them. I mean, I, I went today, we went down here to buy some, you know, the morning taco run and all that. And, you know, this person I know, saw different people along the way and stopped somewhere else. But you can see people, and their face reflects it. They're not, they're, I mean, they're not happy people. They're, 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 and I saw one, and I, and I just kind of felt, because, you know, I said, oh. You can see that there's something heavy on them. Well, that is that thing, you know, that negativity is the Adamic nature. Once Adam got disconnected from God, then he became his own God, and that is pretty limited. Well, guess what? That, we still function that way. And what's sad is the Christians still function that way. You know, we, we go, I love Jesus, we go to church, let's pray Jesus. But as soon as we face a crisis, mo- many times, I'm talking about myself, not talking about you, many times the very first thing we do is we try to figure out how to fix it before we even talk to God about it. That's just human nature. Or just being negative. You know, I grew up in a house that was, for whatever reason, I'm not on my mom's side, you know, my mom, you know. But on my dad's side, everyone's real, there's a lot of criticism about everything. Anybody grew up in those environments? They criticize everything, you know. The government, and, 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 and just criticize, 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 criticize. Well, if you're not careful as a child, you, you develop that, that, if I can do that, eye to that, right? Everything, you, you just look at everything in a critical perspective, critical, critical. That's not right. See, those are some things that God's dealing with me. But going back to this thing, you know, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those? Can you comfort yourself? Because we're really good about praying for other people. We're really good about blessing other people. But we've got to take care of ourselves too. Amen? All right. Let me um, give you another one. Well, no, 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 no. Stay there, stay there. <laughs> got one, one last comment, sorry. Let me read it out of Amplified because Amplified just brings it home. Verse 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, pay attention to this, of sympathy, pity, and mercy. That's Amplified Version. And the God who is the source of every comfort, consolation, and encouragement. Encouragement, remember that. Who, com- who comforts us, consoles and encourages us, in every trouble, calamity, and affliction. Now here it comes. So that we may be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort, consolation, and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted, consoled, and encouraged. You know, that's, you gotta take the, Amplified just got to take a little time on it because it just brings a little more to this idea. It says, with the comfort and consolation and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted. In other words, God is trying, you know, He is on a path. Now, if we don't receive it, that's on us. He is on a path, continual path to say, hey, you can do this. I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to say, we're going to get through this with the idea that you will turn around with that 
and encourage and comfort others. Okay, we got that. But right in between that is what I'm talking about this morning. Are we encouraging ourselves? Are we spending time with this? You know, and again, if you're taking care of your physical health, God bless you, you should, the best of your ability, you know, eat, all that. I'm not going to go, that's a very personal thing. But you should be taking care of your mental health. You should be making time for this. And I'm not just talking, of, you know, from, from a completely secular, spending time where you and God are just dealing with this part of the whole thing. Where your thoughts, because, I mean, you have to come. You know, I, I, I had to go through, I don't want to say raise your hand, but I mean, a lot, I know some people, and you've been here in church this morning, but and I went through it, deal with anger issues and deal with all these things. And I'm talking as a Christian, I'm talking as a pastor, you know. Again, going back to that thing, you know, just because you have Jesus in your heart, that doesn't mean your life is perfect. That means you got the answer now. But we have to work on it. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to encourage you this week, really learn to know yourself. Really, you know, almost like psychoanalysis, make an analysis of yourself, sit down and say, interview yourself and say, hey, Kelvin, what's going on with you today? And be honest about it. Are you depressed? Are you discouraged? Do you walk in fear? I mean, you know, what are those things that, that we just kind of throw them in the bag and say, no, no, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Or no, 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 no. God will fix it. God will fix it. Because that's what bothers me. Because, you know, as a pastor... I, you know, I, I've, and I feel bad, you know, years and years ago, I didn't know what I know now. And I had a young lady come to me, you know, from our youth group. And she was, again, these are things that are, that are foreign to me because my generation didn't have this. My generation was insane, but it was in a different way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonder that any of us are alive, to be honest with you, because we were like crazy, insane, all of us. But we didn't have these issues, and one of them was this cutting thing. And, and it was a serious thing. I mean, because, you know, somebody just cuts himself. No, but, you know, she would always wear, you know, hoodie and long sleeves. And when she finally came to me, she picked up her sleeve. And it was horrible. It was slice, 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 slice. Everything was sliced. What is this? See, in my generation, we didn't have that. That was like, that's y'all's, man. You guys came up with that one. But it's, whatever it is, it's serious. And when I got faced with that, this is where I'm going with this. I didn't really know how to address it. I knew how to pray for her. I knew how to encourage her. I knew a lot of things, but I didn't know how to address it. And I felt like an idiot, to be honest with you, to saying, is this something you just pray for, H? Or is there more? Because sometimes I think we, you know, this is, and I've hit this, beat this horse a lot this morning, but I just want to, I'm almost done, but I want to leave it at this. You just can't put everything to spiritualize it. That's a mistake, because if that was a fact, Say something that might bother some Christians, but that's fine. I believe Jesus heals. <laughs> We've seen it. But I've also seen many times where that healing didn't show up. Can we just talk about it? So we just can't ignore it and say, you know, or we just, you know, or, or, so God is like a lottery now? Do we pray for some people and hopefully they get healed? And, you know, how does it work? No, I just think, first of all, I don't want to go completely down that path because there's a lot of things. One of the things I want to say is God works, lives in, this, in, in a place called eternity. So our little clock and his clock don't match. But the fact that sickness comes to our body in any form is still the same process. Okay? You go to God, I've said this four times this morning, 
go to God, and then you go to the doctor. Maybe God can take care of it. Maybe he, you know, but and I say he can't. He can take it, but, but if, here's the thing. Where Christians miss it, they go like, well, you know, I'm just going to believe God for my healing. Okay, back to that question. Is it the same thing that you're doing when you have the flu or when you have this? That's when you're dealing with, with emotional issues? Because if it's not, then you're going to have to resolve this. Because God does want you whole. But he will use any means possible. And what bothered me about that little story I was saying about this girl that used to cut herself was I didn't really have an answer to say, well, this is the path. This, these are the one, two, three steps that we can take to help you better, and trying to deal with the mental situation. To me, it was, well, we'll just have to attack it spiritually, because I didn't have any, I'm just being honest with you, I didn't have any information on this. Well, after that, I did a lot of research, but, you know, again, I don't know what she, you know, she hung around here for a while, then she left the church, and I don't know, you know, she moved out of town, whatever. But my point is, if I would have known what I know now today, from the medical perspective, with the spiritual perspective, I believe I could have helped her. I really believe I could help you. I believe I could say, okay, this is how we're going to deal with this. Because there are steps, and we will learn those in the next few weeks. There are steps. When you have a challenging thought, meaning a, a thought that just won't leave you, a negative thought or a depressive thought or whatever, there are, there are things in the natural and there are things in the spiritual. And that's what we're going to be hitting all the next few weeks, and we'll take one at a time. So I want to encourage you, but the first one that you go home with is this one. Have patience with yourself. Have self-love. Because we already talked about that. It's almost like a dirty word in church. Oh, we're supposed to love everyone. All it says, love one another as you love yourself. That's self-love. That's self-care. Amen? And the last one I want to give you this morning, go to Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. And we will bounce off this one next week as we, as we start heading in that direction. So this one's, this one's just so good. Whatever the challenge is you're facing. And I, I want to be honest with you. you know, just be honest with yourself this, this very week. You know, make a list. Before I read this one, make a list of the things that you believe God can help you with. Obsessive thinking, you know, toxic thinking, depression, anxiety, you know, just go down the list. Like I said, we will address the ones that, that have been proven scientifically and spiritually that can be healed without any other help except God and, you know, exercises and, you know, those, those, those things that I mentioned regarding um, neuroplasticity and other things that we will learn along the way. So, Deuteronomy... This is such a good scripture. Find it now. Scrolled all the way down. Here we go. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. Remember, whatever your journey is of whatever you're going to do with this, this series, this is where we're going. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That's such, a, that's such a good scripture. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's not on the screen, but I'll just read it. Be anxious for nothing. Isn't that good? But in everything, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard you with your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, the reason I brought that scripture right at the end was this one idea. Which surpasses all understanding. So the way this is going to work, you're going to approach it, learn some things in the natural, that we never take away the part that we don't understand. Here, and here's the thing we're going to do this morning. You don't have to wait till next week. If you're in a place in your life this morning, say, Pastor, you know, 
you, you start this series and, and it's something I, you know, I'm dealing with all these things. I want you right here where you are right now. Go ahead and stand with me. Before God, say, Lord, I want to know myself. Lord, I want to heal my, you know, learn to heal myself in this, through him, not you. But really, you know, your prayer this morning is he said, Lord, teach me who I am. And by, and by doing so, hopefully by next week you'll have an attack plan. You'll say, okay, I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of, you know, always seeing everything so negative. You know, I'm tired of the perspective I have on life. I'm tired of always being angry at my family. I'm tired of always being upset about everything. And you can go down, gosh, it's different, different, different kinds of different scenarios. But whatever you come up with, Deuteronomy 31, 8 is our, it's our standard. The Lord himself will go before you and will be with you. So if you're ready to join this journey with us, you know, and just, you know, in the next few weeks, come out and really see the, the benefit of this. I, I'm excited about it. I really am. I really am. Because in this, you know, just honestly, this point in my life, boy, do I need some balance in my head. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord. That, Father, you have granted us life. You granted us your spirit. You breathe your spirit into us. And for that, we are thankful, God, that we have you, and I don't even know how life could be managed without knowing that we're connected to you, Lord. And Father, as we pray this morning, as we, as we are in this congregation, I pray for everybody that's listening to me online, everyone that's, that's here, everyone that will listen to this in the near future. But I give you glory, Father, this morning. Come on, just open your hearts a little bit. The presence of God is here. And Father, for everyone here that, that is ready to change, that is ready to move forward, that has identified things that, Father, that their life maybe is not, the quality of life is not what they wish it could be. Because of the war within, because of the, the, the fight that we have in our heads with ourselves, Father, of the information. And, Lord, all these things, as believers, God, we are called by your Spirit to be an example to those around us. We are called to be encouragers, Lord. We are called to help people. And, Father, but we need help ourselves. So, Father, this morning as we enter into this series, Lord, in the next few weeks, I pray, Father, that every one of us will accomplish the goal set before us. But this morning right now, I pray against every spirit of depression. If you've been fighting this thing, we're not, we don't have to wait till next week. This is the spiritual part. I'm releasing my faith. If you've been fighting against a spirit of anxiety and, it's, and, and you recognize it, it's not even you. You know it's not you. Boy, that's good. I mean, that thing, you can, you, can, you can feel that thing coming on. You can almost hear its footsteps before it engulfs your mind. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that that demon from hell that is trying to torture your mind, trying to get you down, trying to depress you and break you, I break him. And I break the curse that he has tried to slap on God's people. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you are clearing our minds. You are helping us, Lord. And you are helping us understand how your spirit, how your spirit will heal us and will always have the right perspective. That, Father, as we go through the challenges of life that everyone faces, Lord, by your spirit, we will have peace. So, Father, right now, any spirit of fear, anxiety, depression, past traumas, Father, that torture them, Whatever that way may be, we are calling to you, Holy Spirit. We are calling to you, Holy Spirit. And we believe, Lord, that Kathy said, we're praise and worship. This is 2023, Lord. This is a year, Father. We're going to enjoy this. We're going to see what this is about, Lord. And I give you praise and glory for everyone in this room. And I call them blessed. I call them blessed. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning? God bless you. You may be seated. One of the things I, um, I forgot to mention, I'll mention because I don't know how I skipped that one. I think it was two years ago. I, 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 know, I, I know we taught it, I guess we taught it here, but I'm sure, I know we taught it in Laredo for sure, if we're having church in Laredo. But one of the things that we'll, we'll address, and it's, it's helped me a lot, that you guys can start digging into this, you know, just, you don't have to wait till Sunday, you all have phones and you have internet. But, um, and again, everything from a biblical perspective, that's where you got to be careful, because you can, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there that's just, you know, very new agey, very, nah, you know, we want to stay biblical. But the idea of emotional intelligence is one of the things that we will touch in the next few weeks. But, you know, that's a good one, man. That's, that thing is, you know, learning how to balance your emotions, you know, learning to recognize your emotions, all that. So we will do, you know, we will talk about it in the series. But, but those are some of the things, you guys, you know, if you're really interested in the, in the subject, that will be one that will hit is emotional intelligence and um, neuroplasticity, if you all really want to get deep into something. You don't have to. I'll explain it at a very simple level. But that's a really interesting thing also that, you know, we've been studying. And again, all of those things, the one thing I have been doing in this study is I say, Lord, this is what science says. What do you say? You know what? It's interesting. I, I need to shut up. I know I do, but you know what's really interesting? It's like I want to preach next week's message. I want to stay for another couple hours, and, and we'll just take next Sunday off. How's that? No, just kidding. It's the idea that neuroplasticity is in the Bible. It's, all, it's like scripture after scripture after scripture. You, can, you don't find that word, but you find the principles of it. So anyway, just shut up, Pastor Bob. Okay. All right. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Okay, let me just go a, a couple things we need to talk about. Um, Pastor Yoel, it looks like he'll be coming. Well, he's coming to Miami in February, but I want, I want to bring him. I think it's important for him to come. He hasn't been here in a while. You know, you guys hear about him, you talk about him, but I think he's, you know, we want to bring him to the church. So that will be sometime in February, and um, he'll be coming. So we're looking forward to that. You know, we've talked to him quite a bit this week about different things. Things are moving, moving quite a bit in, in Cuba. Glory to God. And there's some, um, you know, there's some things we'll talk about later on. But so that's coming down the pipe. And we have a leadership meeting coming up next week, and we'll give you guys, is it next week? No, two weeks. Two weeks, Okay. So at the end of, of January, we have, like, really our, our leadership meeting, and, and we'll have more information. But we are excited about this year. You know, I think one of the things, I, we've said it before, but for those of you that weren't here, 2023, we are going to dedicate it to, the, you know, really focus on the local church. We're not forgetting missions. We're not forgetting any of that. But, the, but the, you know, the focus will be here. And we need every one of you. You know, we need you to, you know, really pray about getting involved and helping out, you know, every, whatever ministry is, you know. And don't do something you don't really like, but at the same time, do something. Say, well, I don't like to do anything. Oh, come on. I don't even like to go to church. You know, come on. No, there, I mean, there's, there's room everywhere. And after this meeting, I'm looking forward. We're going to find a couple things that I believe, hopefully, we'll listen to God about it, where we can be a blessing to the community. And that's where we're going to need you guys. You know, do outreaches for our community. And, and really, I'm beyond the goal. This is not just about trying to get people to know our church. That, that sometimes is the, you know, people do that. Oh, so people know. Our goal is really... If we are not relevant into a community, if we are not a light into community, then we're just a light among ourselves, right? And I think, I think we really need to look at, at the needs of Heavenville and so forth and so on. So around that, once we have this meeting, hopefully there's some life groups that would come out of that. 
And this is where I'm going with this whole point. Because this morning I had this thought, and I don't want to call it yet, that I would have to show interest. And I'd be willing to do it, a life group, around the idea of what I'm talking about. I don't know. You know, a life group where people would just come in and talk about mental health and emotional issues, you know, in in a different, not not a preaching environment, obviously, you know, we'd have. So I don't know if that's something that, People would be interested, you know, it doesn't have to be forever group, but, you know, but if something, I just think there's so many people in our community that are struggling with this, with this. Now, we have God, so he's helping us. But think about all the people in your life, in your life, inner circle, that every time you talk about them, talk with them, they're just so depressed, they're so sad, they're going through so difficult things. Those are the kind of people that we would target with the life groups. You know, we're not trying to get people to church, but we try to get them around a group. And, and life groups can be any subject. And here's another one. Life group can be run by anybody that's a believer. So it doesn't just have to be the church leaders. And I'm, I'm kind of presenting the idea because when we had life groups, they really did good for this church. You know, 2019, 2018, we really hit this hard. Church grew and then COVID tried to wipe us out. But we want to restart the life group. Some of you led some. I know Liz led one and Kathy, of course, and some of you other. You know, but if you guys want to get back involved with that, talk to Kathy or talk to one of us. But we want to get the life groups with subjects that are relevant, you know, and that's where you all come in, you know, what, what is the community need, can it be addressed with a life group, you know, if you look at some of the big churches in America, they got life groups for everything, they got life groups from people that have been abused, people that have been this, people that are into sports, people that are whatever you're into, but there's also like special groups like trauma, you know, this, what we're talking about, mental health and all these kind of things, so again, we want to, by the end of the year, hopefully have a two or three life groups moving, in this community, but with the, with the idea that it's going to help. For example, how many of you think a life group on parenting would help? Nobody? Oh, you guys are perfect parents, aren't you? How about marriage? Yeah, I'll send my wife. She definitely needs it. Church is not relevant in those areas, then what are we doing? We, got, we are the ones that bring flavor. So if a marriage is broken, the church should have an answer for that. If a relationship is broken, the church should have. So that's kind of where we are. I don't want to, I'm kind of rambling now, so I'm going to shut up. But pray about that, because I would love to see some of you that are saying, well, what can I do in church? Well, maybe you don't want to do nothing here, but maybe you'd like to do a life group. That would be your part. Amen? All right. So anyhow, if you're ready to give this morning, the information will be placed on the screen. Again, thank you guys for your contributions. You know, I was going to say, the more the merrier. Yeah, the more the merrier. You know, be obedient. Be faithful, and thank you guys for, for supporting what we do. And um, like I said, there's a lot, a lot in my spirit, but this is not the time to open it all up. So go ahead and stand with me. If you have your offering ready, I don't want you to take your offering lightly. I want to do something special this morning. Not special, but I want to, because sometimes we go too quick through this. That offering in your hand, even if you did it online, even if you clicked on it, that's still the same thing. Here's what I want you to always understand about it. Does the church need money? Yes. How much? All of it. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, we're limited by money. We could do crazy amounts of stuff if we had it. But here's the thing what you, what you want to understand. That God is not about how much we can do. It's the obedience that you have. And when you look at that offering, this is what God sees. That's why you have to be careful, you know, and you get around these people that try to extort money. It bothers me a lot. But to God... That's not money. That's your life. That's a, that is a little portion of your life 
that you traded for somebody, you know, you went to work or you sold something, you did something, that to God it says they are bringing a portion of their life. And that is very serious to God. So every time you give an offering, don't just chunk it in the, you know, or just click on it and say, Lord, take some time with it. Say, Lord, thank you, Lord. You know, kind of like what King David said in the last chapter of First Chronicles. He says, who am I and who are these people, Lord, that what you have given us, we get to give you back. Isn't that cool? That's how serious this is to God. And if you don't think it was serious, you go back to the story of the widow of the two mites. Jesus made a memorial out of her, even though she gave less than anybody else. So your giving is very important to God. So don't ever just kind of, you know, of course, and the, the thing is just be obedient. You know, be obedient. Whatever God puts in your heart, be obedient. He will bless it, and he will return it to you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you once again for, as we, as we begin this journey, Lord, the next few weeks, I thank you, Lord, for the words that will come and the instructions that we will receive, Father. But, Father, we take this seed this morning, and we honor you with it. Before and foremost, before it's money, before it goes into paying bills, it is people's lives. And we respect that. And, Father, we honor from the smallest to the largest offering. It is somebody's life that is being placed into this church. So I thank you for that obedience. And I thank you that they trust and that they know that, Father, that their seed is changing people's life, that their seed is changing lives in other nations. But I give you glory because we believe that 2020...